Hello everyone, this is Flower Hub Talks, where I talk about any topic I want and try not to lose track of time in the midst of it, because I tend to ramble. I'm your host, Nyla Leaf, and today's topic is the wave of hashtag girlboss feminism and the media examples of why this mindset is unbeneficial for women in the feminist movement altogether. I'll be discussing career women in films, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Amazon's tragically girl boss spin on the beloved film and story, Cinderella. So grab a snack, maybe a drink, your favorite stuffed animal, and settle in as we dive into the sickness that is hashtag girl boss feminism. Now, I can faintly hear the collective groan of today's episode and the topic. No one wants to talk about feminism, and I wonder why that is. Feminism and feminists are always touchy subjects for many people, including women, because feminists get a bad reputation for their extreme views on men and the world around them. I will admit that some feminists can be extreme in their views, there's no doubt about that, but they do not make up the entire population of women promoting feminist ideas. For those who are curious about the movement, do not fret, this is not a dig or anything, a, crit- a feminism itself. It's a criticism of a subcategory of feminism that has sparked the phrase, girl boss. Now if that sounds familiar, it's because companies have plastered the name across t-shirts, mugs, and backpacks across the world. Some people's fam- female family members may have even coined themselves as girl bosses and strut around with this merchandise to cement themselves in the title. Girl boss is typically a businesswoman who defies the patriarchy with a strong work ethic and knack for feminist ideas. On paper, a girl boss is reminiscent of a woman in the modern world. She dies herself head first into her career and surrounds itself that surrounds itself in male dominance, also matching herself in being self-reliant. However, this girl boss attitude has cemented itself into a contaminated phenomenon that denounces women for nuanced stances on feminism. Now, girl boss feminism makes little room for the traditional aspects of what people expect women to want. These traditional things include romantic relationships, motherhood, and domestic life. Not all women want such mundane things, and that's not an issue, because not all women want to live their lives in this manner. This is why some women saw after the career woman model, because it speaks to their needs and desire for independence. However, girl boss feminism tends to portray these things like setbacks and possibilities for a career woman, as if a career woman can't have both a domestic life and a career. For example... Amazon's Cinderella, starring Camila Cabello, includes the titular character aspiring to be a dressmaker. Spoiler warning for the people who have yet to see the film, but the prince asks for Cinderella's hand in marriage, and she refuses because she wants to make dresses rather than get married. This is not inherently an issue because Cinderella aspires beyond her original character's wishes and does not seek the prince's romantic interest. However... The issue with this is the film portrays her actions as a girl boss moment because she turns down a marriage to work. 
I realize the idea that self-proclaimed or promising girl bosses do not have time for romantic pursuits or that it deviates from their independence. Along with this, it enables the toxic individualistic thinking that comes with girl boss feminism. Movies follow similar plots where a career woman turns her back on a pivotal moment in a long-term relationship due to her aspirations and individualistic ideals. Another example is Sarah P. Kenson's character from Thing Like a Man a 2012 film based on Steve Harvey's novel of the same name. Pence's character was a successful businesswoman who relied on individualism and keeping to herself. Michael Ely's character interrupts this flow when he meets her and engages in the entire arc of Pence in realizing that having relationships is not a setback for a career woman such as herself. Michael Ely's character had his own ambitions and aspirations that he didn't push back for the sake of relationship with Henson's character. In fact, it cemented and strengthened their relationship. But she did the complete opposite and pushed him back as a result, plus to their different class levels. This idea that women need to stray away from relationships or romantic partners once they find success is inherently toxic and encourages the idea that being alone is what will allow women to achieve their success. While certain movies portray prioritizing our careers over relationships is terrible decisions. Girl boss feminism celebrates this and encourages prioritizing careers over healthy and long-standing relationships. Paints the idea of a relationship in a light that is holding the woman back, holding the woman back or not suiting her needs. Girl boss has become synonymous with toxic traits among women. Business women, in fact, who manipulate and put down other women for the sake of their success in a capitalist and male-dominated society. It is a tragic scenario and derails the idea of feminism in itself because being a girl boss is what women want to achieve with this toxic element intertwined. So much so that it has become sensationalized and commercialized for feminist and girl boss feminism critics. Social media users use the term hashtag girl boss to define women engaging in toxic and harmful behavior that men will be crucified for in other circumstances probably heard of girl boss gaslight gatekeep this is where that's from for the most part the problem with this lies in the fact that this toxic idea of feminism deviates from allowing women to take accountability for harmful decisions that they have made in the past or present example is vice president kamala harris and her rise as the first female president of the united states do not get me wrong this is an amazing achievement not only is she a woman, but also a woman of color, and that cements her achievement of reaching a higher position of power even greater. With that being said, many of Harris's supporters deem her a girl boss because of her history with politics and rise to a significant level in the government. government. However, this praise results in negative responses from critics who point out that Harris's contradictory acts as a political fi- figure and her statements as vice president. Vivian Wormer's article, Hashtag Girlboss, The Commodification of Feminism, states that, quote, while Kamala Harris's win as, female, first, as the first female vice president was symbolically significant in the feminist movement, it caused many people to put her on a pedestal. Harris's morally questionable past as attorney general of California is far from feminist and reinforced racist systems, end quote. 
This is one of the reasons why feminists are getting bad reputations because they associate criticizing a woman for harmful and dangerous behavior with sexism or anti-feminist views, when that's not the case entirely. This entire thought process shapes girl boss feminism and the idea that women should not face criticism because patriarchy has treated them with such disrespect, which is true. In reality, feminism does not absolve women from criticism and taking accountability because the importance of feminism lies in equality. With this in mind, praising one gender for harmful acts while scrutinizing the other does not equate to certain feminist values. In fact, it completely deviates from those values and pacifies women who engage in toxic and questionable behavior. Feminism is such a prominent part of our society, especially in the past few years. However, different waves and categories of feminism have risen with the interest in feminist feminist ideas, and these waves have become incredibly toxic. For example, the idea that being a feminist equates to having a disdain for men has become such a popular phenomenon that people denounce feminism due to this harmful ideology. As I mentioned before, the priorities behind behind feminism are equality and wanting society to take accountability for the gender inequality across the globe. Feminism is not an excuse to put down men, be great women who want traditional mundane lives, nor does it mean equating a career woman to a life of solitude and toxic behavior. Like any social movement, feminism evolves as society evolves and uncovers behaviors that people may have turned the other cheek on in recent years. However, again, this does not mean feminism has to devolve into this problematic thinking. Girlboss feminism seeks to promote female empowerment through promoting the career woman. Society has conditioned, has conditioned women to believe that the only has the only woman they are allowed to be, excuse me, is the family woman, intertwine themselves in the nuclear family. This is why the career woman image can be so fascinating to women because it differs from the nuclear family image and can equate a woman who values her independence and individualism. This promotion of career women, career women and female empowerment through girl boss feminism does not genuinely seek the praise of empowered women. In reality, again, girl boss feminism hides behind this facade to demean and undermine mundane desires for the sake of independence and toxic femininity. As a woman myself, Obviously, I can appreciate ambitious and career-driven women because it's unlike what society expects. Society expects women to be docile, looking to start a family, which does not represent all women's views or aspirations. I can also say that there is a fine line between appreciating an ambitious woman and romanticizing the idea and feeding into the toxicity these ideas bring along. Social media has a history of romanticizing questionable situations, but especially girl bosses and their lack of accountability and sometimes dangerous behavior. For society to evolve, feminism should return to its priority on finding equality between men and women as opposed to uplifting women who are less than um, unproblematic. Before ending this episode, I would like to reflect on this type of platform and its many benefits and disadvantages. 
Podcasts and blogs are social media platforms that allow individuals to gain insight on knowledge and personal interest through audio and visualization. In a business setting, podcasts and blogs can allow consumers and employees to gain insight on products and the function behind a business. This is especially true of blogs because they are visual and interactive with the audience, thus allowing better engagement for the consumer and employee to interact with information. Along with this, it helps consumers and employees form a close bond with businesses and business owners. This creates loyal consumers and employees, thus guaranteeing more vlogs and more engagement. However, one of the disadvantages of vlogs derives from the likelihood of awkwardness when creating and watching a vlog. Vlogs require the audience to see the creator's face and other surroundings. In a business and educational setting, this, this exterminates the idea of anonymity and forces the employer to reveal themselves to explain information to incoming individuals. For example, some tutorial videos contain voiceovers and that conceal the narrator's face and identity altogether, even their location. Blogs do not possess this formatting, and as a result, consumers have to awkwardly watch and individuals speak on a topic that's pertinent to their tasks. On the other hand, podcasts have a discreteness that vlogs severely lack. They function as lengthier and bite-sized alternatives to the personalized vlog. Podcasts allow creators to relay information through longer time periods, regardless of their smaller platform, and include episodes to stretch out information effectively and smoothly. Along with this, podcasts are helpful for creators who suffer from anxiety, display discomfort, and exposing their faces. As someone with anxiety, this platform was easy to manage because I did not have to stress over the hassle of showing my face or ensuring I looked natural on screen. Instead, sounding natural and comfortable was the primary goal. However, there are many disadvantages to podcasts that creators should not forget. One such disadvantage is how time-consuming podcasts are. With podcasts, audiences are listening to someone speak for an allotted time about a topic that interests them, with more than likely multiple episodes. One, <clears throat> this requires research, time to format the take, create the script, and record without errors, and that can take a few times, a couple of tries actually. Not to mention, pockets are expensive because a creator has to have the proper recording devices and equipment, plus the promotional advertisements to ensure their podcast functions on a basic and normal level. Vlogs, both vlogs and podcasts have their disadvantages because they are effective social media platforms that allow consumers to gain knowledge through personalized bits of audio and visual recordings. And that is the end, and that was hashtag feminism and the issues that go along with it. There's so much more to be said about this type of feminism and its ties to racism among, racism among marginalized women, capitalism, and toxic femininity, but I would be here for the next few days laying out the information to you all. Today's podcast was information heavy, 
maybe, but the research was incredibly fun and helped me understand so much that I previously had no prior knowledge of. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.